was up in a tree stand, this big uh, female sow board or sow come through there and with some little ones and and uh, was tromping through there. And uh, I put a shot on it. it. I was probably about 12 foot off the ground and uh, the angle was steep enough that the arrow went clear through and stuck in the ground and the hog ran off without the arrow and, and uh, it was a pretty good tracking job. Uh, didn't go very far. Welcome to Hunting Stories, brought to you by Late to the Game Outdoors. Everyone loves a good story, and hunters have some of the best. Our whole mission is to collect and share great stories from hunters just like you, to entertain and keep you motivated all year long. So, pull up a seat around the campfire, because here we go. Today on the podcast, I have Mitchell and Jeff, two of the owners of Vantage Point Archery, which is an incredible broadhead company based out of Indiana. And uh, they tell the story of a, a really cool wild pig hunt on public land in Oklahoma. And then we just kind of dig into broadheads and that whole topic for a little while. There's a ton of cool information. I, I wanted to just keep asking them questions. It was fascinating stuff. Uh, but hopefully you uh, enjoy the story and uh, learn a little something about your broadhead setup. All right, Mitchell, Jeff, how are you guys doing today? We're doing excellent. How are you doing? Real good. Oh, doing well. Trying to uh, not overheat because it's it's May, which means it's already over 100 degrees here in Phoenix. <laughs> um, yeah, Eric, I don't think we have that issue much here in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. So we're actually going to be experiencing some... Uh, uh, below average temperatures this time of year into the uh, freezing temperatures right oh my gosh yeah, so. freezing sounds yeah, so nice right now <laughs> <laughs> i am jealous uh but i guess you guys have humidity and ticks and all sorts of other stuff that that i don't usually have to deal with yeah yeah so we don't we don't mind extending the uh the season before all that hits in the summer so oh yeah i i can only imagine um all right. Well, well, you guys, uh, you are the both owners, operators of, of Vantage Point Archery, correct? Yep. Correct. Awesome. Um, and just like for our listeners, if you want to give like a, a, a flyover or kind of origin story or whatever, like what, what's, what's the company all about? Yeah, well, I can start maybe and then I'll have Jeff kind of jump in, but um, obviously Jeff and, and some of the other initial business partners at the time, um, it was about 2008, 2009, kind of got together. Um, and at that time, everybody was involved in a uh, manufacturing facility. So, um, you know, we were manufacturing products for all sorts of industries, whether it's medical, automotive, um, you know, anything you can really think of. Um, we have kind of the infrastructure set up already for that. And really at the beginning, uh, Jeff and, and some of the, the main guys that, that started this up had a passion for the outdoors and bow hunting in particular. And, you know, they essentially kind of put some of their, their heads together and, you know, figured, hey, we could probably make some pretty cool products on the machines and, um, you know, the equipment that we already have here. And so that was kind of the initial start of, you know, hey, hey we have a, an interest in the outdoors and we have all this 
you know, equipment and machines. And, and basically, Jeff, I'll kind of kick it over to him now on kind of what his mindset was as, as he started to, you know, prototype some of these things. Yeah, kind of started out. I've been a machinist pretty much since I got out of high school and went to trade school for it and uh, worked at various job shops and stuff. And, and I always liked it because you get to make things that's not out there. If something breaks on something, you can actually make it instead of trying to find it. And I've always been an outdoors guy, a hunter, and I liked archery and uh, just decided to try to make a broadhead on our CNC machines and it turned out really cool. And, and once the word got out, people seen it and from one mouth to another just kept growing and growing until where it is today. So yeah. And a dozen or so countries later, you know, we're selling product all over the world, which has just been fascinating in my opinion, just to see how one product can grow just by word of mouth really. So. Wow. That's, that's, I love the story of making something almost for yourself, like just trying to use your skills and the tools at hand to make something that works for you. And then, you know, a buddy hears about it and wants some and like, man, to sudden to now be sitting here, uh, what, 10 years later, a little more than that, and just be a global company. That's, that's awesome. I love that story. Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely humbling to see, you know, something that was just at a very minute, you know, small scale to, to where it's grown today. So very humbling, man. Well, good for you guys. Uh, sincerely. That's awesome. <laughs> um, all right. Well, before I, I have like so many specific questions about broadheads and the gear and the, and the stuff that you guys make specifically, but uh, it would not be the hunting stories podcast if we didn't get into just a, a great hunting story. Uh, and I love that, because I'm out here in the West, most of my buddies are Western guys. Uh, I love to get somebody from a different part of the country who does a different kind of hunting. I mean, it's all still bow hunting, but just, you know, how, how different things are. I love that variety. So uh, if you would be so kind, share a, a cool hunting story from out closer to your neck of the woods. Well, being here in Indiana, we got lots of deer running around and that's usually the annual thing to do around here uh we got some pretty good sized deer i i do a lot of hunting on on public land and even though city the uh i always shot traditional for a long time traditionals and and uh using the broadheads that we're making like i, I like going with a heavier broadhead up front. I usually shoot the 250 green three blade around here, and wow. uh, it it does the job. Usually, on them, and I'm not so much a trophy hunter. It's nice to get a, a big buck once in a while, but usually going after the meat around here. And there's a seems to be a good opportunity anymore that the turkeys are coming back now that the, the DNR released some a few years ago and they're really growing. They're probably getting about as popular as the deer are now. So, Oh, cool. I also like the small game hunting. I go after squirrels and 
stuff like that. So, do you do that I, with uh, your bow? Yeah, I did that. Did that a lot with my bow, and uh, we use our small game heads for that. And uh, usually, it's a small target, but it's fun shooting at them. Yeah, um, that's impressive. Then, as far as out of state, I most memorable one. I usually don't get out of the state very often, but um, went to Oklahoma a few years ago on a, on a hog hunt, and that was the first hog hunt that I ever been on, and and uh, I was up in a tree stand, this big uh, female sow boar or sow come through there, and with some little ones, and and uh, was tromping through there, and. Uh, I put a shot on it. it. I was probably about 12 foot off the ground, and uh, the angle was steep enough that the arrow went clear through and stuck in the ground, and the hog ran off without the arrow, and, and uh, it was a pretty good tracking job. Uh, didn't go very far, and uh, it a real big one. It, it weighed, I think, 130 pounds or so, but that was my first hog hunt. Thought it was wow. a lot of fun doing it like that. So. Did Did you say 130 pounds is not a terribly big hog? No, not. I mean, they, you know, they can get up. Depends on the breed and stuff, but then around four or five hundred pounds, but that'd be a really big one. Oh my gosh! Sorry, I'm I'm blown away because out and I'm in Arizona. The closest thing we have is javelina which are technically like a rodent and not really a pig, but we call them pigs. And like the big ones are 40 pounds. So when you say 130 pounds, I'm picturing this gigantic creature. <laughs> it was big to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and really in some of these areas out here too, um, we have a lot of, you know, obviously rural communities and a lot of farm ground. And um, I think, you know, the size of some of these hogs that are, you know, being developed out here on the basis that they have free range to roam and, you know, they're eating all the, the farmer's crops. And, uh, you know, like Jeff mentioned, some of these are, you know, weighing in at, you know, several hundred pounds and, and actually they're becoming quite a nuisance for a lot of the, the Midwest right now too. So, man. So you guys are having similar issues to like, I know Texas is just trying to wipe out hogs because they're just everywhere. Uh, that's kind of moving up more towards the Midwest too now. Yeah. They're working their way up here. Though. Yeah. I, I think especially being kind of the uh, farming belt of the United States, I, I think they see it as an opportunity and, you know, some of the more Northern Midwest areas, you know, where it gets a little bit colder, maybe not so much. Um, but, you know, they're definitely starting to migrate from some of the warmer weather climates, you know, like you mentioned in Texas or kind of that Sunbelt area too. So, wow, man. So, so you guys have just lots of opportunity to hunt out there, like uh, whitetail and hogs and turkeys are coming back. And um, is, is it all, do you guys get out multiple times every year? Like you're kind of every fall, you know, you're going to be in a tree stand hunting whitetail or? Well, it's kind of funny you say that, like, it's, it's kind of just a, uh, 
you know, a, a way of life uh, for a lot of Midwest groups. So I know even with some of the Northern Indiana school counties and especially like Michigan area, um, they have every year a designated hunting season. So like they understand that kids will not be going into school and they'll just take off for certain timelines through the, I mean, mainly in the, the fall. Um, it also deals with a lot of the, like I mentioned, the rural, you know, farming communities who, you know, are all hands on deck when, when that season comes and it's the harvest time too. So I'm sure that has uh, a little bit of a, a role to play in some of that stuff. But yeah, typically, um, in this, you know, the area that we're from, you know, majority of people that are, you know, outdoors hunting specific, they have not out. Um, you know, if anybody has weddings that they're planning, they basically have to plan around the, the hunting season, the, um, special events. So it is kind of a way of life, kind of a culture and kind of probably dates back to just, you know, being able to put food on the table each fall and, and have, you know, meat throughout the winter. So man i love that it is uh it's refreshing to my soul to hear that 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 still exists in places in the country um man so cool uh thanks for thanks for sharing that man a pig out of a tree stand is that kind of the normal way people hunt them or i again i don't know i've never no. hunted brown or a tree stand they're hogs have a they have fairly poor eyesight but you sure have a good nose and yeah and pick you off easier than a deer can uh but uh ones i've seen they sure seem to be able to see you pretty good but <laughs> um i i did it in the ground too i i stalked around there and you can get fairly close but to get within traditional bow range 20 yards or so it's kind of tough to do it on the ground but oh, yeah uh, it's it's possible but I wouldn't want to get charged by a group of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd want to be up a tree uh, for an animal that can't climb, then has tusks and like, yeah, that's the smart play. <laughs> hey guys, this is Eric from Late to the Game Outdoors and producer of Hunting Stories. I wanted to thank Bun and Beanster for making this show possible. These guys are the real deal. Whether you're a seasoned business owner or a startup or running a side hustle like I am, they can help you with your branding, logo, easy to manage websites, and fresh creative ideas for your business. They can also help you look the part by helping you design those tricky one-off events. They deliver amazing printed goods, quality apparel, even signage. Truly a one-stop creative shop, and they stand by their work guaranteed. For free consultations and useful resources, go to bunandbeanster.com to check them out or catch them on Instagram at bunandbeanster. Now back to the show. Um, cool. Well, talk to me a bit, like shifting gears. Uh, talk to me a bit about your, your broadheads. Like, uh, I mean, what? There's so many, obviously, so many companies, so many types. So, like, man, it can be super overwhelming. Uh, but what makes uh, VPA different or unique or awesome? Like, <laughs> explain it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, well, and hopefully kind of through the, the story, you kind of have a, a little bit of an understanding, you know, how we originated, obviously, Jeff and some of the business partners of the manufacturing sector kind of came together. And then 
through just word of mouth, we've been able to expand at, at one point, I think we were just doing the three blade series of our products. And then um, through the years, we've just basically have added on each year to the, the varieties that we carry. So right now we're close to, I think 60 different SKUs of products. Wow. Um, so we have our two blade series, three blade series. We have a turkey specific head um, the small game thumpers, like Jeff was mentioning. And then with, within each of those elements, we have products that range from 100 grain all the way up to 300 grain, um, which is pretty exciting. I know with a lot of, uh, you know, different setups that everybody has, you know, it's, it's kind of nice to, to have several different options for, for, you know, your broadhead that you're putting on the front of your arrow. So, um, and we've even kind of dealt into a new line of material. So we're, we're now doing stainless steel material as well. So our main standard line is a carbon tool steel. And then uh, about a year or two ago, we, we came out with some stainless steel varieties as well. Wow. Uh, and what's, what are some of the differences or pros and cons of uh, the stainless versus the carbon steel? How about the only pro of the stainless would be that it's more corrosion resistant hmm. for people that are hunting in the rain all the time or real humid weather. Um, that's, that's the biggest benefit of stainless. Um, as far as the carbon steel, it's, it usually holds a, a little bit better edge than stainless does as long as you uh, take care not to put them away in a wet quiver or anything. Uh, they hold up pretty good too. So they're just, I mean, both of them are just made to be sharpened over and over and, and use multiple times. Oh, man. That's uh, one of the biggest things. Yeah. And so you, most of, or maybe all of yours, you just kind of sharpen them on a, on a stone like a knife, right? They're not, I know I've seen some that are like kind of rebuildable or whatever, but yours are a, a, a single piece that you just got to sharpen on a stone. Yeah. All of our broadheads are... Um, and that's what sets us apart from a lot of groups. So, um, you know, there's, we're, we're definitely within the fixed blade category. Um, and then there's several ways that, you know, different companies have manufactured fixed blade broadheads or even, you know, mechanical for the, for that purpose. Um, but all of our products are a one piece CNC precision machined head. So you basically take a big hunk of metal um, and machine it down to the, you know, the final product that you see, obviously there's a lot more intricacies throughout that process. <laughs> um, but it, the, the great thing and what Jeff and some of the team have been able to develop and, and uh, engineer over the years is just the ease of maintenance. So being able to use a product over and over again was definitely one of the main components that we were looking to do when, when we produce these broadheads. And so it lays flat basically on a stone like you were mentioning and uh you know just a couple you know you know uh, passes on on each side and then usually you know a lot of our customer base will finish it off with like a leather strop as well um and, and you're ready to go again oh man i do love the sound of that i've been shooting mechanicals for a few years now and every every time i let one loose whether it's a, a hit or a miss or whatever like it's done. Like it's, it's torn up, it's bent, it's, uh, you just throw it away. Uh, so the thought of, uh, being able to sharpen and put it back in the quiver is, uh, man, 
that that seems like the way to go for sure. Yeah, everybody's a little bit different. I mean, obviously, um, you know, sometimes you get what you pay for. So, I'll, I'll, you know, some customers or some, you know, groups out there are just wanting something that can be a one shot and done. And, you know, there's going to be people in that camp. And then there's others that, you know, want a little bit sturdier product. I mean, speaking of hog hunting, we, we had a guy uh, not too long ago contact us and say that he used um, one broadhead for 12 different hogs that, that he took down in Texas. So, Holy cow. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough broadhead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, well, and I assume maybe not bomb proof, but we, we definitely think that uh, it, it can last pretty long. So, Oh yeah. And I, I would assume Jeff that you were shooting a VPA broadhead when you went all the way through that hog and stuck your arrow right in the ground. <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was a 250 grain three blade. Man, that is, uh, I love that. I think I just, uh, I just got a couple uh, packages of your 200 grain two blades. What there, there's a tagline. I'm going to mess it up now, which is embarrassing, but something about like bone crushing power or something, some, something about like bone crushing is in the name. Oh yeah. Bone breaking domination. So that's what it is. Yes. I love that. Um, animals probably don't, but I love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were talking a bit, uh, through email and a little bit before this, that like, uh, you're saying there's a, there's a big trend you're noticing a lot of guys experimenting with a, a heavier front of center, maybe a heavier broadhead. As you mentioned, you guys have stuff all the way from hundred to 300 grains. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and maybe tie in, uh, I don't know, just some stuff guys should consider, or maybe even, uh, I don't know, common mistakes you see guys making when they, you know, or picking broadheads or, or whatever? Well, the, the most important thing is to get the, the spine of your shaft balanced with your broadhead, whatever weight you're shooting up front with hmm. how many pounds you're, you're shooting. So your arrow's flying through. That's, that's the biggest factor is making sure your arrow's flying like a dart. You get the penetration that you want. But the, uh, the concept of being heavier on the front is just like a – a dart that you're throwing all the weights pretty much up front and everything will trail behind it so it'll fly better so when you put that weight up front you got a better flight and you got more momentum on your on your arrow to get a pass through so that's the principle all right so that's uh i think for a long time it seemed the trend in archery was like chasing speed like you wanted 300 whatever feet per second uh and it sounds like what you're saying guys are starting to discover you know it'd be better to sacrifice uh you know a few feet per second to have that kinetic energy and that just uh true flight and all that it's just like a train you know it might not go real fast but it's really hard to stop and <laughs> same thing principle that your arrow might not be flying 350 feet per second but at 200 feet per second it's going to go clear through so because you got all that momentum behind it and uh you're going to get better flight being heavier up front and everything at all it's all positive yeah that makes perfect sense um what do you do you see are there kind of common mistakes or stuff that you see guys do when they other than like they don't practice with broadheads and they just screw them on at the trailhead and then <laughs> have problems. But besides the obvious, uh, what are kind of some setup mistakes you see guys making? 
usually it's they don't have their uh, the the whole system works together as one unit. If you got something, if your bow's out of tune, if you're if you don't have the correct spine, if you don't have everything you know spinning the way it's supposed to, you're gonna have issues down the road. So once you uh, you don't have everything dialed in and your arrow is going to be fishtailing and porpoising and you're going to lose a lot of your penetration once it hits. So that's a, the biggest issue. we got a lot of people that will call in saying, you know, how do you tune your broadheads and everything? And you pretty much got to start with the, the shaft and everything to get everything uh, dialed in. So you got uh, so many different yeah, there's so many different variables that it, it's kind of, it is overwhelming at times for, you know, even a novice or somebody that's just starting off. Um, and so I think a lot of times, you know, and to kind of piggyback on what Jeff was saying as far as, you know, even first time hunters or individuals that, you know, bow hunting or archery general are piquing their interest. I think a lot of times, you know, they're not doing their homework when it comes to just understanding how everything kind of works, you know, in, in cohesion with, with itself. Um, and so really taking the time to be a student of the, of, of you know, what you're doing there, I think is, is a big thing. And I think too often or not, you have a higher percentage of the industry than I would like to admit to that just goes and just randomly selects different equipment because they saw it on a commercial or they saw, you know, a marketing advertisement. Um, and so then when they get all these components and they put them together and they're like, well, it's not even shooting where I want it to go or, you know, you know, I'm getting these random groupings or, you know, it's, it's failing when I get it out into the field. Well, it's because a lot of times they don't do their due diligence with, you know, how each of the components work together. So, I think education is is probably one of the biggest components that we can try as you know ambassadors of this industry to to try to help emphasize to you know not only new um, upcoming you know customers or users of, of products but you know current customers and and, and users of, of products as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's so well said. The uh... The, the daunting nature, if you start, you know, poking around forums or whatever about bow tuning and stuff, if you're new and don't know any of that, like, you just say, it's like a, it's rocket science. Like, I, I can't do what? Um, and so either finding a, a good bow shop that you trust that, that'll talk you through stuff and make adjustments for you, or uh, even just uh, more and more, the, the guys that I talk to who do a lot of their own tuning, uh, they say, yeah, it, it seems intimidating, but once you start like really digging in it all starts to make sense and how everything works together and uh man these guys just get beautiful flight everything hitting where they want it and uh um yeah i think just getting over that intimidation factor is a, a huge thing i try to promote a lot for for new hunters or prospective hunters where it's just so daunting like i i don't know i didn't grow up doing this i can't figure it out um like take a breath the information's out there but we have google like you can figure it out <laughs> yeah um awesome man i i feel like i'm so curious i want to ask so many questions but i know we gotta <laughs> we gotta like keep time short uh so um 
A, is, is there anything you, anything that we've missed that you, you want to share? Or uh, also, if you want to talk about, uh, I know we talked a little bit about a, a promotion and a, just kind of a, a, kind of a coupon code for listeners, which I'm, I'm so grateful for. But uh, yeah, what, what did we miss? And if we didn't miss anything, uh, talk about that. Well, I, I want to first also say, Eric, thank you so much for having us on here. We, you know, we really appreciate being able to share our story um, share, you know, some of the, you know, the, the background of our company and, and kind of how we had our humble beginnings. But, um, you know, the, the cool thing is within this industry and this doesn't, you know, just cover our company, but a lot of companies are continuing to bring out, you know, new product line each year. So it's, it's amazing to see what technology and, uh, you know, different, um, you know, advancements, you know, even being on a, a, a call like this today, you know, all the, all the different technology elements of, you know, what, what makes a, a business tick. And so I think this past year, we really kind of had a, um, you know, a self-reflecting year to see where we are. This past year, we actually rebranded. So um, mm-hmm. we came out with a, a new logo. Um, I, you know, any of your audience that obviously hears us today and, and wants to check out what we're doing, can go to vprtree.com. So B is in Vantage, P is in Point, and then the word archery spelled out, um, dot com. And uh, our new branding, our new logos all on there. We're continuing to come out with different, uh, um, you know, models of, of products, whether it's, you know, different grain weights, um, vented series, non-vented series, um, different material types. So we're always trying to, you know, reinvent something a, a little bit newer and, and uh, better use for, for our customer base. So we're excited about all, all those new changes. And, and obviously, too, um, you know, anybody that does want to check us out and actually test some of our products, we're, we're going to give a bonus on here to your audience today. So um, at check out on our online storefront, they can save 15%. And uh, I think we talked about it, hunting stories will be the coupon code. So it'll be not case sensitive or anything like that, all all uh, one word there. And uh, definitely feel free to, to check out what we have going on. And, and that's kind of my goal in all this is to continue to, to push the envelope a little bit on some of the products that, that we're doing, but also help educate our customer base and, and the industry as a whole. I know that kind of goes back to what we were just speaking on, but I think it is important for all of us as, you know, whether we're talking about yourself, who's, you know, doing a podcast about something that you're passionate in and you're wanting to help educate others about what, what you're, you're seeing out there and some, some of your guest stories definitely help with that. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it's uh, our ability to continue to, to push the industry as a whole is, is what's going to make everything better, too. Yeah. Oh, love it. And, and thank you so much for, for that hunting code. And, and any, anyone listening, I would encourage you, go check them out. Uh, I, I've just started delving into to testing some of your products, and it is super well-made. Uh, just looks, looks, feels solid razor sharp, uh, super excited to, to get out in the field and start testing some of this stuff for real. Um, so, uh, yeah, obviously I'll, I'll link everything in show notes. You guys can find, check their websites, order stuff. Um, you guys are on Instagram. I see you're pretty active on there. Um, yep. Yep. We're on all the social media 
outlets. So Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. I think we got our LinkedIn profile um, dialed in too for, for posting on a weekly basis as well. So um, yeah, certainly any of those platforms you can kind of check out and, and we're always uh, kind of reposting some of, of the media that our, our followers send us or customers that, that, you know, have a successful hunt. That's always, um, you know, really gratifying to see, you know, somebody that's used your product and it's been successful in the field and, and, you know, kind of hearing that success story. Yeah. Yeah. There are some great, uh, great trophy shots on your Instagram. I've, I've scrolled through it <laughs> uh, right. and man, they, those, those broadheads get it done. So uh, again, the, the links will all be in the show notes, but, uh, but guys check out uh, VP. It, it's at VP archery, same as, as your website, VP archery.com. Yep. Um, man. Uh, so cool guys. Uh, thank you for the time. We got, we got to have you back sometime uh, and just, uh, keep educating people, keep getting the word out and getting quality gear in their hands to, to help them be successful. Yeah, we would love that. And I'm sure, you know, um, you could probably add a, a long laundry list of, of people to uh, talk to on, on your podcast with, with stories after hopefully implementing some of our products, but it's, it's been great to uh, talk with you today and, and we're always open for another opportunity to, to hop on, whether we want to, tackle some other topics or uh, I know there's probably a million things that we can go over and, and uh, help educate on, or even just talk about, um, you know, some of the, the other hunting stories that we have too. Yeah, for sure. We'll, uh, we'll set that up. Um, man, the, thanks again, guys. We're, we'll, we'll wrap this one. Uh, but uh, man, check out uh, Vantage Point Archery guys. They are, uh, they're the real deal American company. Uh, quality stuff. I want to thank Mitchell and Jeff again for being on the show and giving us some time. Uh, again, if you didn't catch it in the podcast, they've offered a special discount code just for listeners of the podcast. Uh, simply go to their website, vparchery.com, uh, check out their selections, put a couple things in the cart, and then uh, use the code hunting stories, all one word, to get yourself 15% off. And, uh, and now's the time of the year to start dialing in your broadheads and getting everything ready for the fall season. So please head over and check them out, and, uh, and I don't think you'll be disappointed. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hunting Stories. And if you want to stay up on what we're doing with the podcast or anything else going on with Late to the Game, go ahead and check us out at latetothegameoutdoors.com or give us a follow on Instagram at latetothegameoutdoors. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.